Are you seeking fulfillment for your life? Do you want freedom from fear? That's why we're here. Welcome to Jesus 101, introducing you to the real Jesus. And now, here's your host, Elizabeth Talbot with Mike Tucker. I'm Mike Tucker. And I'm Elizabeth Talbot. So I had this frustrating experience with a, a customer service. I mean, you know, the people were polite, they were kind, they were mm-hmm. doing their best, but they really couldn't do what I needed them to do. You've had the same thing. Yes, and I actually had some very specific instances where there were discrepancies or credits to be mm-hmm. issued. And, and after talking for half an hour with the people in customer service, I would have to say, look, I need somebody that has the authority to do this. Right. Because if not, you're, you're making me waste my time mm-hmm. and I'm wasting your time. And so the issue of going to somebody that actually actually has the authority to do certain thing is something we deal with on a day-to-day basis. But wait a minute, did you find the right person? Uh, yeah, actually I did. And you got this, the charges I got reversed? The cr- yes, I you did. You got credit for what the, okay, good. Yes, 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 I did. Well, you left me hanging there and I was worried about you. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 I, I was able to get to the right person. Well, that's good. Well, you know, we got a story today that uh, is a wonderful story. It's one of my favorite stories in, in all of the New Testament. And yet it comes down to an issue of authority. We find this in Mark's gospel. Chapter 2. And uh, this is a story that just, uh, you, you can go on and on about this story forever, I think. Verse 1, it says, And when he had come back to Capernaum several days afterwards, it was heard that he was at home. And many were gathered together so that there was no longer room even near the door, and he was speaking the word to them. And they came bringing to him a paralytic carried by four men. And being unable to get to him because of the crowd, they removed the roof above him, and when they had dug an opening, they let down the pallet on which the paralytic was lying. All right, let's yeah. stop there for a little <laughs> yes, bit. Yes, I love that that image. You know, yeah. sometimes I I imagine Jesus preaching, all of a sudden this, this dust mm-hmm. <laughs> coming upon him, and, and all of a sudden this hole in, in the roof. Mm-hmm. And I mean, how uh, deliberate you have to be to bring your, your friend, you know, and, and decide, okay, there's no way in here, but we're going to make a way, right. you know, I love that story. Homes in those days were usually rectangular affairs. They're just kind of a, a straight rectangle. And then there were cross beams about every uh, 18 to 24 inches. In between, they put uh, palm branches and tiles and mud until it was baked solid. And that was their, their roof. And they would sit up there at times in the evening. Yes. As a matter of fact, they usually talked from the rooftops. Right. I mean, this was mm-hmm. a social place from mm-hmm. one house to the other. Mm-hmm. And here we have this friends that take this paralytic uh, up there and they make a hole. And um, Jesus saw that they had great faith. And uh, then he talks directly to the paralytic. I, I love the, if you ever had a friend that is in trouble and you're doing mm-hmm. something for them, this is one of those verses that you have to be encouraged. In verse five, it says, Jesus seeing their faith yeah. The friend of the friends. Right. Then he healed the paralytic. Yeah, it was the faith of the friends. And they were very determined because they tried to get to Jesus. They couldn't do it. So they went around. Usually there were uh, stairs to the to the roof and the back of those homes. They went uh, up the stairs, laid him down, kind of guesstimated where Jesus was standing just inside the door, started tearing the thing up. Eventually, people outside had to see this commotion going on. And they, they weren't paying attention to Jesus anymore. They were looking at the crazy men on top, digging this hole. Dust starts falling <laughs> down and debris in front of Jesus. So, 
he eventually has to stop and just smile. That's right. I, I can imagine someone sticking your head through, looking around. Yeah, this is the place. Yeah. They, <laughs> yes. they open it up bigger, and here comes the man. This is an encouraging story for any of you that have a son in trouble or a friend in trouble. Bring them to Jesus in mm. prayer. I mean, God values your intercession in on behalf of your friend, right. Yeah, like in this case. I, I've got a wonderful story that I, we won't take time to tell now, but about someone that I prayed for for 20 years, almost to the day when I started praying for this man, uh, Jesus brought around circumstances that brought healing for his life after 20 oh, years of wonderful. prayer. Oh, how wonderful, how healing. And so here we have this statement um, that brings controversy with the scribes, um, and it's this. He says to the paralytic, Jesus says, Son, your sins are forgiven. How wonderful. <laughs> yes, I mean, we all want to hear this statement, and all of us that believe in the gospel will believe that this mm-hmm. statement is true. But these people started questioning, uh, and maybe you can read verse 6 and 7. Yeah, but before I do that, let, mm-hmm. let's pay attention to this. Your sins are forgiven. The man's a, a paralytic. Yeah, yeah. What does that have to do with yeah. anything? But, you know, you remember that in those days, paralysis or any other disease was thought to be God's judgment against you. So, God was angry with you over your sins. And Jesus has said, you know, I want you to know that you're loved and accepted by God and your sins are forgiven. It's very you. interesting because many times in miracles of healing, we have this type of statement before anything else. Remember mm-hmm. in John 9 when the, mm-hmm. the men born blind, uh, the disciples said, so who sinned, this man or his parents? And Jesus said, no, 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 it's not about that. And, and I can imagine, you know, the stereotype that these people had heard all their lives, that they must be so sinful. And Jesus, the first thing he says is, you're okay with God. Mm-hmm. Verse 6, but there were some of the scribes acting, sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, why does this man speak that way? He is blaspheming. Who can forgive sins but God alone? Okay, now I want to make a statement here because most people think that they are uh, getting upset because Jesus has said something that is only for God. Mm-hmm. But this is not the case. This was the exact statement that they made in the temple that the priests would make when somebody brought a sacrifice, they would put their hands upon him and say, your sins are forgiven. This is called a divine passive. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, you know, they were in the temple, God would forgive them and they would give this blessing on them. The problem that these people had was that Jesus was forgiving sins outside of the system. With Yeah, outside of the temple, he's not a priest and there's no sacrifice. And, and there's yet, no confession, there's That's nothing right. going on. And they, so they say, this guy is blaspheming because he's not doing it the way that we think God wants it done. Mm-hmm. I mean, we are the only ones that really have authority to do this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, don't forget that the first half of the Gospel of Mark is constantly questioning who is Jesus and who has given him authority. So, you will g- get these questions constantly, almost in every story. Who is this or where did he get his authority from? But uh, the story now takes a turn that is just delightful. I-, I love this. And immediately, Jesus, aware in his spirit that they were reading reasoning that way within themselves, said to them, Why are you reasoning about these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, arise, take up your pallet, and walk? Let's stop right there for a moment. Because truthfully, it's easier to say your sins are forgiven because no one can prove you wrong. But if you say, stand up, take your pallet, and walk, and he doesn't do it, you're obviously a fraud. (laughs) <laughs> it's very interesting because, see, Jesus sees both levels of things, yes. and they are only in their hearts thinking, who is this man? And mm-hmm. who? And Jesus says, well, so that, and here he says in verse 10, that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, I'm mm-hmm. going to tell the paralytic, get up, pick up your pallet, and go home. Mm. You know, and it's, it's very interesting because many times people want to monopolize 
uh, grace or they want to monopolize God and saying, unless you go through us, <laughs> then it cannot happen. Who are you? Right. And right. Jesus says, look, I have authority. This is coming directly from God. Mm -hmm. And God has always portrayed himself as somebody who is forgiving. Yes. That is the exciting thing because people will come to me very often as a pastor and they will say, I just, I just need some word from the Lord regarding this sin of mine. And my answer to them is, you don't need me for that word. It's already been revealed to you in Scripture. If you confess your sins, he is faithful and just to forgive your sins and to cleanse you of all unrighteousness, 1 John 1, 9. You confess it, it's done. You don't need me. You go directly to the Father. He will take care of your sins for you. Yes, there's no person in between needed no. because Jesus has full authority to forgive sins even when you have brought upon yourself mm -hmm. the difficulty that you're in. Perhaps maybe this paralytic, we don't know what had happened no, to him. No. And whatever it was, Jesus first said, you're okay with me. Now get up and walk. Mm. And then he stands up and walks and he walks right. Those people who would not <laughs> let him in have got to let him out now. <laughs> you know, yes. They wouldn't open up to let him in. Now they're, they're standing aside. And even those who were shaking their head at Jesus saying, who is this man who has the, you know, acts like he has this authority, uh, this blasphemer. Now they've got the, the living proof that Jesus actually does have some authority because he's proven it by this, the second miracle. The first is the forgiveness of sins. Which the is second, the greatest one, yes. but you can't see it. No, you can't. Yeah. But the second one, which was a lesser miracle, making a, paralytic, a paralyzed man walk, everyone could see. Yes. Everyone could so see. So many times I've seen the connection between somebody whose heart is heavy and their physical ailments. Mm -hmm. And so many times when people understand that their sins have been forgiven, they're set free to live more healthily, to mm -hmm. go exercise, to change their attitude because, you know, their heart is not heavy anymore. It changes everything when you know that you are loved and accepted by God. It changes everything when that burden, that cloud of guilt and oppression has been relieved from you. It's like you're no longer carrying around this heavy, heavy burden. Now you are free for joy and for creativity and for love. You know, God has always been a person that... Uh, forgives sins and is gracious and is slow to anger. You might remember when Moses saw God uh, in the mountain in Exodus 34, mm. and when the Lord passed in front of him, Moses, what well, he could say, I'm going to read Exodus 34, 6 and 7, if you don't mind. Go ahead. The Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow of anger, abounding in loving kindness and truth, who keeps loving kindness for thousands, who forgives iniquity, transgression, and sin. And yet, he will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. So, his grace is not something that says, I'm in denial, I'm yeah. blind. No, in the contrary. But he says, look, I am ready to forgive. So, take, take uh, the way out that I'm offering because I have authority to forgive sins. And he offers that freely to each of us. No matter what your sin, he says, I will forgive you. Uh, you may think that sin is too heavy, that it is too great, too big to be covered by God's gracious, His mercy and, and Christ's sacrifice. There is no such sin. Every sin is covered by that sacrifice, and your guilt, your shame can be relieved from you. If you have a heavy heart today, come to Jesus, and you will hear exactly the same statement as this man heard, son, daughter, your sins are forgiven, and maybe this will be the beginning of a brand new life in Christ. Jesus will not turn you away. He will not look at you as someone who is disgusting, whose sins are too great for him. Nothing is too great for Jesus. Thank you for joining us today on Jesus 101. For more insights and resources, connect with us at Jesus101.tv. That's Jesus101.tv.
Like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Jesus 101 Institute and follow us on Twitter at Jesus 101 Media. Until next time, live free.